This is the Astral Dimensions Podcast with out-of-body explorer Vincent Field, discovering the true nature of reality through astral projection and lucid dreaming. Hey everyone, I'm your host Vince, and as you may know, I've been astral projecting since the year 2000, but I haven't only been practicing astral projection for the past 23 years. I've also been mentoring and helping others with their own practice, and I've been doing this since I first started. It was just natural for me to want to help people with this. I wanted to allow them to have the same incredible and enlightening experiences that I was having. So when I learned how to astral project back when I was a sophomore in high school, I didn't tell too many people about it, but I did tell a few of my closest friends, and one of them actually showed some interest in it. So I explained the technique that I was using to induce these out-of-body experiences, and he tried it a couple of times. Now, the first time he wasn't successful, but he told me what he did and what happened. And it sounded like he was actually pretty close to projecting, but he made a crucial mistake that I was immediately able to recognize. So I advised him what he needed to do differently And a couple of attempts later, he was actually able to leave his body. So, several years into my practice, I joined a few online discussion forums on the topic of astral projection, which served as incredible opportunities to interact with others who were also interested in the practice. Because finding people like that in the real world seemed almost impossible. So, I use these forums as platforms not only to share my own techniques and experiences, but also to guide others and give advice to those who needed help in some aspect of the practice. So, shortly after this, I got married, and I would tell my wife about my out-of-body experiences And she actually had a few spontaneous projections just from the exposure that she had from me. I mean, of course, I had previously explained some techniques that I used, and she had an idea of what it was like to go through the projection process just from what I told her. So I believe her projections were a combination of having astral projection on her mind just from me talking about it so much and then recognizing the stages of the projection process from what I explained of my own experiences and then just going with the flow of the experience and allowing it to happen. So years after this, My younger brother reached the age that I was when I first started having out-of-body experiences. So I introduced him to the concept and shared some of my knowledge and experience with him. And he was super interested, so I taught him a technique. 
and he had his first out-of-body experience soon after this. So fast forward to the beginning of last year, 2022. I published my first book about astral projection and lucid dreaming, and it turned out to be pretty successful, and I started receiving a lot of inquiries and requests for advice about the practice. So over the past year, my mentoring activities have elevated to a completely new level, and I've spent more time coaching and guiding people in the practice than ever before. So what this episode is all about is exactly that. I'm going to be discussing some of the most common issues and challenges that people run into when astral projecting or attempting astral projection. And I'm going to share my own experiences in which I've had to deal with these challenges and overcome them. Because my knowledge doesn't come from books. It comes from over two decades of first-hand experience, persistence, trial and error, successes and failures, experimentation, fine-tuning, and pushing the boundaries. So I'm going to dive into four different areas that seem to present the biggest difficulties to new astral travelers. This episode is going to focus on the first of these areas, which is problems inducing projection, which is undoubtedly the very first issue that most people run into. So I talked a bit about this in the third episode of my podcast, in which I explain some of the best techniques to achieve an out-of-body experience. But now let's do some in-depth troubleshooting. Identify what we're doing wrong and see how we can correct these mistakes. I'm going to talk about six of the most common issues when it comes to inducing astral projection. And these are 1. Making your attempts at the wrong time. 2. Using an ineffective or inefficient technique. 3. Not being patient and giving up too soon. 4. Not knowing the stages of the separation process and their symptoms. 5. Getting excited or scared when you experience pre-separation or separation symptoms. 6. Having beliefs or fears that hinder your success. So, let's dive right into the first one. Making your attempts at the wrong time. Now, the first thing that needs to be understood is that in order to trigger an out-of-body experience, the body needs to be asleep and the mind needs to be awake and aware. So what we need to consider in terms of the time of day that we make our attempts is what state of body and mind you are in at any given time and how easy or difficult is it to enter the mind awake, body asleep state at that time. 
I've spoken to countless people over the years having trouble achieving astral projection, and I always start with two questions. One, what technique are you using? And two, when are you doing it? And the majority of the time, these people tell me that they're doing it at night, before bed. And this is a great example of a generally bad time to attempt astral projection. And when I say bad, what I really mean is that it's not ideal. And I'll tell you why. Your goal is to reach the mind awake, body asleep state. So at bedtime, after a long day of school or work, it's not only your body that is tired. Your brain is tired. Your mind is tired. It needs rest. It needs to shut off for a while. You lack the mental clarity and strength of focus that you had earlier in the day. And so now, in this state of physical and mental exhaustion, you're going to do exactly the opposite of what your body and mind are begging for which is to slip into unconsciousness. This is certainly not the best time to attempt astral projection, because more likely than not, you're just going to fall asleep. Now, don't get me wrong, my very first astral projection was at night, and let me tell you, it was a pretty painstaking process, especially compared to the early morning technique that I started using soon after. At night, your mind and body just want to sleep. And so, when you try to project at bedtime, you have to fight that urge and that necessity. So, it's really counterproductive. Of course, it's definitely beneficial to meditate at bedtime. And there's nothing wrong with trying some astral projection techniques at that time. I personally prefer to use affirmation-based techniques at night because they tend to have an effect in the middle of the night and the next morning. So when falling asleep, I'll do an affirmation-based meditation for lucid dreaming and astral projection, and this will usually trigger lucid dreams while sleeping, and it'll also trigger out-of-body experiences upon awakening. Attempting astral projection during the day while fully awake is also not the best time to make your attempts. Sure, your mind is alert, so that takes care of half of the equation, keeping your mind awake. But now the issue is the other half, getting your body to fall asleep. This typically isn't easily done during the day while fully awake. If you asked the average person to try to fall asleep at any given time during the afternoon, they probably wouldn't be able to do it. The body and mind are too stimulated, so the challenge at this time is getting the body to sleep. Of course, we tend to have a dip in energy levels after lunchtime, and some people are able to fall asleep for a nap around this time. 
So this would be a decent opportunity for an astral projection attempt. But there is typically some degree of mental fog around nap time. So the mind still won't be in the ideal state to remain aware as the body falls asleep. But it certainly won't be as exhausted as it is at bedtime. So this would definitely be a more productive time for an attempt, but still not ideal. So we've established that during the day and at night generally aren't the ideal times to attempt astral projection. So that leaves the morning. Why is the morning the best time to have an out-of-body experience? Well, Let's consider what happens if you wake up a bit earlier than usual and you know you still have an hour or two before you need to actually get up. You fall back to sleep. And for the average person, this is a a pretty effortless and natural thing to do. You just slip back into unconsciousness. Your body is already extremely relaxed and can fall back to sleep easily. And for the second half of the equation, your mind has already gotten a decent amount of rest. So it's much easier to maintain awareness as your body falls back to sleep. So in other words, the body and mind are in the ideal state to achieve an out-of-body experience in the early morning. So this is when you need to be focusing the majority of your effort and attempts. And again, for details regarding the particular techniques that you can use for your early morning attempts, check out episode three. So moving down the list, the second common issue beginners tend to face is using an ineffective or inefficient technique. And this is pretty closely related to the first issue Because, just like certain times are more conducive to astral projection than others, in the same way, certain techniques tend to work better than others. But this is a little more subjective than the first issue. I mean, the first issue of time is more related to human biology and the nature of the cycles and states of consciousness that everyone goes through on a daily basis. But the issue of technique is a little more abstract than that. So let me explain. There are countless different astral projection induction techniques. Some of them are focused on visualization. Some of them are focused on tactile imagery which is using your awareness to generate bodily feelings and sensations. Some of them are focused on affirmations and subconscious programming. Some of them are focused on hacking your body and mind to trigger the projection spontaneously, or in other words, allowing the ideal conditions of body and mind to naturally arise and simply going along for the ride when the projection occurs naturally. 
which is what my method called the sweet spot is designed to do, also explained in episode number three. And some techniques involve a combination of these various methods. So that being said, some people have a proclivity towards certain methods. We all have unique strengths and weaknesses. For me, the tactile imagery-based techniques are more effective than the pure visualization techniques. But so long as the technique is allowing the body to fall asleep and the mind to stay awake so that the projection is triggered, this is what I consider a valid technique. And it's up to the individual to test these techniques and see what works best for them. However, it's important that you're using a valid technique because over the years, I've heard of some techniques that simply miss the mark. They don't take consideration of the actual processes that take place during astral projection and are more time wasters than anything else. I'll give you an example. There's one technique I read about many years ago. I don't remember the source, but the instructions were to visualize an astral body next to your physical body already separated, and the idea is to use as much mental energy as possible to actually manifest this astral body in the astral dimension, and then you shift your own consciousness into this manifested astral body, and you travel the astral dimension from within it. So, the issue with that is that it seems to totally overlook the fact that you have your own astral body, and your real astral body is fused with your physical body until the projection is triggered. And at that point, your consciousness naturally shifts into your astral body and you separate from your physical body and travel the astral dimension from within your own astral body. So the idea of spending all this time and energy to try to create another astral body just isn't very logical and doesn't actually reflect the true nature of the process. Now, I'm not saying that visualization exercises like this can't be beneficial or that a genuine astral projection can't be triggered from this technique. You know, a forced externalization of your awareness from your body can in fact trigger an out-of-body experience. But if you were to actually project your consciousness into a mentally created energy body, it would be more of a mental projection than an astral projection. And I discuss the differences between these types of projection in my book, and I'll certainly be getting more in-depth about them in future episodes of my podcast. But for now, the point is that some techniques 
just don't work as well as others in more of a universal sense simply because they either require unnecessarily long periods of time and unnecessarily large amounts of mental energy and they may not actually reflect the true underlying mechanisms behind astral projection. What we want is to reach our goal with as little time and effort as possible. So, as an example of what I discussed so far from my own experience, as I said, the first technique I ever learned and the technique I used to induce my first out-of-body experience was a nighttime technique. Now, because I was making my attempts at the wrong time of day, it took nearly a week of nightly attempts before succeeding. And even then, it would take up to an hour or more to finally trigger the projection. But shortly after learning to project using this technique, I learned another technique an early morning technique, and not only did I have immediate success with this new technique, but it also cut the amount of time required to induce the projection to a fraction of what I spent with the nighttime technique. So the third issue that I see a lot with new or aspiring astral projectors is that they try to rush the process and they give up on their attempts too soon. Like I said, it would take me up to an hour lying in bed, going through the technique, sometimes multiple times per session, starting from the beginning and running through the entire process, and then when nothing happened, restarting and going through it all again before I was able to trigger that first projection. So you need patience and you need that drive to keep with it no matter what. And this doesn't just apply to individual attempts, but to techniques as a whole. You can't just try a technique once and be done with it simply because it didn't work the first time. It's not just a one-time try and then move on to another. You have to spend some time using the technique and see where you get with it. I'd say spend at least one week with any particular technique. And if you see some progress, keep it up. And if there's zero progress at all, even after analyzing what you're doing and what mistakes you may be making and trying to correct those mistakes, then perhaps it's time to switch to another technique. Now, the fourth common issue is related to the third, and this is not knowing the various stages of the projection process and the symptoms and sensations that go along with them. This is the way that you actually gauge how far along you are in your attempt and how close you may be to triggering the projection. And this relates to the third issue of giving up too soon because it's much more likely that you'll stick with the attempt and continue to progress through it 
if you have a reference for what stage of the process you're currently in and what stages are still to come before the projection is triggered. So do your research and learn what happens as you get closer to projection. Be aware of the sensations and experiences that come along with these stages. Weightlessness, muscle twitches and itches, tingly energetic sensations, deep heaviness and paralysis, intense energetic vibrations, buzzing sensations in your head, a feeling of expansion, sensations of movement like floating or falling. Be on the lookout for these symptoms during your attempts, and as you pass through these stages, you'll know that you're getting closer to projecting, and it'll be more likely that you stick with the attempt until the end. Now, the fifth issue that I come across a lot is the inability to control your emotions, especially when the sensations arise that I just mentioned. Some of these sensations can be subtle, and others can be intense and jarring. But the key is to remain calm and emotionally neutral. So, if you reach the pre-projection stage in which you feel completely weightless, or you feel a deep heaviness wash over your body, you should know that you're close to projecting, and that causes a lot of people to get excited, which actually ruins the attempt by stimulating the body, and it causes you to snap out of the altered state. Some people get as far as reaching the vibrational stage which is the final pre-projection stage that typically occurs moments before separation from the body. And the moment these intense vibrations hit, some people get scared. So it's important to know that these are normal symptoms of the projection process, and you just need to keep calm and go along for the ride, almost as an observer rather than an active participant. Try to detach yourself from the experience to the extent that you allow the process to play out without interfering with it. And so this brings us to the sixth and final issue that I'll be discussing in this episode, which is when beliefs and fears prevent you from successfully astral projecting. I receive a ton of messages from people who want to learn astral projection or who are actively trying to project, but they have these conflicting internal constructs that sabotage their success. A common one is having the belief that your body is exposed to negative entities during astral projection and that it could even get possessed while you're out exploring the astral dimension. And the thing is, many of these fear-based beliefs are born from ignorance. So in this particular case, the fact of the matter is that the physical body isn't just abandoned 
during an out-of-body experience. It's not left as an empty shell during the projection. An aspect of your consciousness actually remains within the body during these projections. So it's really no less protected as it is during a normal dream or a lucid dream. Another false, fear-based belief that I often hear is that they're afraid they'll get stuck out of body and not be able to return. Now, the reality of the situation is actually quite the opposite. It's hard to stay out of body, and the real challenge is learning how to remain in the out-of-body state for longer periods of time, because entering the body is as quick and easy and natural as simply thinking about re-entering the body. Even for a split second, you'll find yourself instantly back in your physical body with nothing more than the momentary intention of coming back. In the beginning, you may actually even experience a force that tries to draw you back into your body, a force that you find yourself fighting against, trying to get further and further away from your body, like your astral body is attached to your physical body with some kind of elastic. In reality, the only way you could get stuck out of body is if somehow your physical body died during the projection, which in that case, you'd already be where your spirit would go after death anyway. But I don't believe anything that could be experienced during an astral projection could actually cause the death of the physical body. So this just isn't something that needs to be worried about. So in a general sense, any beliefs or fears or preconceptions that are against astral projection or that taint the practice with any kind of negativity will serve to hold you back and hinder your ability to successfully achieve it. So these beliefs need to be examined and eradicated. And the best way to do that is with information and knowledge and logic and internal analysis. Much of this information will come from experienced projectors. So do your research and learn from the experiences of others. And the rest will be a matter of introspection and mental and emotional self-work. So, this is the first of several episodes in which I'll be discussing common issues that arise in relation to the practice of astral projection. Future episodes will cover topics such as problems navigating the astral dimensions, issues with perception and focus, dealing with negative entities, and ways to overcome these issues. I hope this was helpful to anyone struggling with their own astral projection attempts. Feel free to reach out to me on social media if you have any specific questions that I haven't covered in my podcast or book. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk to you next time.